As a plant-based cheese company, Dea has never talked about beef in an ad before because someone somewhere once had a beef with saying beef and plant-based together. So putting a slice of Dea cheese on a beef burger, not okay. Well, our delicious melty cheese has a beef with your beef about beef because any step towards plant-forward eating is a step in the right direction. Dea, 100% plant-based, even if you're not. Now made with Dea Oat Cream Blend. Listen closely. That's not just paint rolling on a wall. It's artistry. A master painter carefully applying Benjamin Moore Regal Select Eggshell with deftly executed strokes. The roller, lightly cradled in his hands, applying just the right amount of paint. Mm, it's like hearing poetry in motion. Benjamin Moore, see the love. Hello, I'm Alan Davis. You are listening to the Tuesday Club. This is the Arsenal podcast, and I've got Damien Harris with me this morning. How are you, D? We, uh, yeah, it's early. <laughs> You're on a helter skelter. I'm, it's early. <laughs> I am on a lot of coffee. I might be a bit up and down. So, okay. uh, so uh, yeah, but lovely to see you. It's ten twenty a.m. Yeah, on a Sunday. I, quite early, I suppose. Not for yeah. Not for me. And Ty Papuda is here. How are you, T? Woo! I'm very good. Speak for yourself. It's 11.20. 11.20 in yeah. Spain. I suppose you're about to uh, have a siesta any minute. <laughs> uh, no, I've got... Uh, it's quite wintry here. Got a fire on. Got some chicken stock going. Been a humming masconada to myself all have morning. You? Yeah, a little Brazilian number. Feeling very have, uh, have Ibiza got a football team? Ibiza do have a football team. I went to go and see them yesterday. I went Shut to go the and front s- door. No, I that- did. That's what that that little video you sent. Yes, that I was... sent the video. <laughs> I sent a video to our to our Tuesday Club group um, because it seems like uh, it's endemic uh, that across the world at halftime DJs play House of Pain, jump, jump around, around, and jump people around. do jump uncomfortably. Jump, jump, uh, jump. It's not just <laughs> it's not just it's not just Sean and our blo- our beloved Keith who do that kind of weird bop. Uh, the jump around bit. It's the last it's refuge. It's very, you're, very you're, catchy, isn't it? You'll back me up, D. It's the last refuge of the DJ scoundrel, isn't it? You can't yeah. play. You can't play jump around in in, in modern society anymore. But then football no, grounds no. never have been. But no, it was um, it was Sporting Hijo versus uh, um, <laughs> Ibiza FC UD Ibiza. Who, who and what division the, are we talking about? Uh, the Segunda. Segunda. So just below, yeah. Um, that's, so it's quite like nosebleedy. Yeah, nosebleedy for um, uh, FC Ibiza, who got into the Segunda recently. But they sat their manager after yesterday's uh, defeat. Um, what was the score? It was 2 nil to Sporting Hijon. Two very... Hijon. Yeah, it was a breakaway goal um, after 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 an Ibiza corner. Um, Arteta would have loved it. Very... Very processy trusting, and then uh, a belter at the start of the second half. But yeah, it's, it's brilliant to go. Um, you got the ultras, one guy, one drum, one flag, <laughs> couple, couple of people, and I learned what the Spanish version of your shit ah was. Oh yeah, right. Can you repeat it? it? It's your shit 
Ah, it really is. It? Yeah. Yeah, lovely. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I love After that. the goalkeeper, I was looking. There wasn't any Ramsdale turning around, but it was quite a. Yeah, it was a good day. Uh, I wondered lovely. where you were because I thought that isn't Dulwich Hamlet. <laughs> I don't, that, it doesn't look like the Dulwich Hamlet Stadium as I imagine it, and also the sky was very, very blue. It I was. Thought, well, where is he pounding this bit of footage? And I wondered if it was something you dug out, and there you were in uh, nice. FC Ibiza, uh found some football and then went from there afterwards and found some more football. Did you manage, to, you manage to watch the Arsenal game? Oh, it's, I was going to say it's not hard, is it? You found a bar in Spain. <laughs> were they playing, were they playing <laughs> dancing on the bar? ceiling next door? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the Valeric <laughs> Dancing on the ceiling. I bet they play that in Ibiza, even yeah. though they're a bit cool oh. for school. <laughs> no, it was um, yeah, it was it was it was a good footballing it was a good footballing day yesterday. I do recommend uh, what well, we always do it it's to go and find a match wherever you are um, was a joy. But yeah, they sat the they sat the manager um, after the game yesterday, so that kind of puts me as a sort of African Forest Gump on the sort of on the edge of all the world, you know, all the big proceedings <laughs> across the world. All, all, always there when the big things happen. A budget Gump. <laughs> budget Gump. <laughs> Uh, well, yes, we jo- listener, you join us on a, the the morning after an Arsenal performance wearing all blue at Ellen Road, scoring four, which took me w- right back to the glory days of Henri and everyone when we used to go up there and do that to them. Um, it's a slight footnote that they had three debutant teenagers playing and were absolutely ravaged. Uh, um, let's not bother with the footnote. But let's not bother with the footnote. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> we're, we're, you join us at a week. This, doing this podcast fortnightly has become quite difficult because we, <laughs> the last podcast we'd lost three out of four and we'd had a couple of shocking balls-ups away from home and lost games we should have either drawn or won. The one before that we'd won four on a spin and we were going to win the league. And now here we are there again. <laughs> and it's like a pendulum. And we've just won three games in a week, playing some good stuff. The week started, maybe we'll start there, with a piss-poor opening against Southampton where they pinned us in our own half and Ramsdale was making saves and Ward-Prowse was skimming the crossbar with free kicks. He scored one against Palace in the next match. That could have been us, you know. Yeah. And then, and then we'd just been complaining, or I had anyway, after Goodison about giving possession away and conceding possession too easily in your own half and conceding goals. We definitely should have got out of Goodison with a point. It was kamikaze rubbish. And and in the first 15 minutes against Southampton, we lost the ball in our own half seven times. Yes, I was counting. It was <laughs> nuts, wasn't it? And then suddenly we scored this, this goal, which seems to vindicate the entire policy, a goal scored by Lacazette. Trust the process. Trust the process. <laughs> in the next match day programme, which I have before me, uh, from the game against West Ham in midweek, they did a, a full-page breakdown. I'll hold it up for you. A uh, full-page breakdown with Whoa. arrows. Arrows and numbers. Yeah. Uh, goal sequence, Lacazette. And it's all about beating the press. The process makes us strong. The move the move for Lacazette's goal on Saturday took 40 seconds from start to finish, involved nine different players, consisted of 16 passes, and was the perfect demonstration of how Mikel Arteta wants his team to build attacks from deep positions. That's all a little bit pravda, though, isn't it? Like, I mean, we... Sc- <laughs> oh, mate. This is seriously proud of this publication, but this is the Arsenal programme. And can you imagine, under the rule of El Caldillo, can you imagine 
if there was a word in this program that went against Arteta, the program editor would be banished to train with the reserves. They'd bring in somebody else. Do <laughs> I'll not. bring him up, my cousin Pablo. He'll come and edit the program. And- is it? Is it? I mean, <laughs> unbelievable. If that's, if that's the equivalent of like you know putting out a DVD for winning a game, it's like having a you know having a. <laughs> Having a a full-page spread of a goal that where it went right. Basically, we got out because Tomiyasu, who is increasingly impressive, uh, Gary Neville even was talking about how good he was yesterday, and he's got high standards at right back, played a good one-two with Partey and got out. And Mm. that was it. Never mind the other 16 passes. The other 16, (laughs) most of them were people scampering around the box. You have it. I don't want it. Give it to him. (laughs) Ramsdale getting closed down. But Tomiyasu broke out, played a one-two with Partey and then pushed it up the line to Saka and then once you've got Saka in their half you're in the shit this kid's unbelievable and as people have pointed out for all that James Ward-Prowse can do with a dead ball he doesn't half look like he's running backwards does he he hasn't got a turn of pace he's about slow as Letizia isn't he kind of thing but um, yeah Saka he's a little bit fitter than Letizia Saka was Saka was fantastic the way he rolled that ball for Lacazette this is, you know, this is what Wenger says. And I'm listening at the moment to an audio book of Simon Cooper's book, Barca. And I don't know if you've read it. Oh, yeah, I've read that, man. What a fantastic book it is. And in there, there's much of the same stuff that Wenger talks about in his book about passing is communication. You're saying to the person with the pass, you're giving them a message. And the message to Laka was, they are, son. <laughs> Top <laughs> bins, my friend. <laughs> that is on your right foot, rolling nicely, perfect pace. And he's, he's, uh, and he's right. This week, I mean, the surgical boot came off, didn't it? So yes. Well, isn't it interesting? He's playing at number nine, where he's had good spells before, and we'll, perhaps we'll talk about them, our ex-captain later. But it's funny how a bit of a crisis can present an opportunity, right? That's the old cliche, and that's what it is for Lacazette. He's got he's got the number nine. He's playing up top. For the, fu- for the foreseeable well, future. Yeah, for and the rest the kids- of the season. <laughs> yeah. And all the kids love him as well. And they respect him. And yeah. Well, they like playing off him, don't they? And- yeah. He came on. I mean, but yeah, but you say um, that was the perfect pass for him to do. Like, I'd like to think all three of us could have run onto that the same way and scored. Or- I've, yeah. I've, I've played a couple of times recently too. <laughs> No. I'll tell you what. I wouldn't have, wouldn't have kept it down. That's not going top bins. I'm more like, <laughs> to, that would have slipped, I'd have slipped over. <laughs> <laughs> but I know what you mean. It was very inviting. But nonetheless, what a finish. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. My favourite sort of finish, bulging net, top bins, lovely. Uh, place went up. Southampton, oh, no. Because it was a bit like an Amir Khan fight when he's when he loses you know when he wins he's brilliant when he loses he outboxes him for the first four rounds and then in round five they just chin him (laughs) (laughs) absolutely chin him and by six he's out and you think oh god he was winning that how's that happened but Southampton felt like that we scored again immediately afterwards didn't we with the Erdegaard header yes his his first his first ever header his first ever header yeah headed goal at least headed goal yes Erdegaard He's had a good exactly. He's had a good week, hasn't he? I would like to resurrect the Nigel Winterburn song for Martin Erdegaard. I think. Oh, yeah. oh good shout! Martin Erdegaard, Martin Erdegaard, Martin Erdegaard. See, it's Martin easy. Erdegaard. It fits. 
Tomoyasu's got a super Tom, I heard. Yeah. Uh, super Tom. Yeah. Super they don't listen, do they? I mean, Kieran Tierney's song should be sung loud. Kieran Tierney. Can we get a campaign going? Scotland to be. No, we have to go to away games and start doing it. Oh, yeah. The people who go to the away games, they're not listening to the Tuesday Club. In fact, I don't know if anyone is anymore. We used to be the number one football podcast. I mean, I shit you not it was us in the football ramble the guardian weekly for about 10 years and i looked on it uh, yesterday i haven't looked at the podcast charts for a long time holy shit there's so many football podcasts yeah, I I mean, there are hundreds of football podcasts to be fair there was only three there did only used to be about three there, of were, us. About, there were very very few well there'd be one or two weren't there there was a liverpool one i remember and a leeds one quite early on and the a Tottenham ball. one and there was a, you know and a west Ham. there would be like one per club we had two because there was always um, ask blog, <laughs> but now anyway, yeah, we had great. Yeah, everyone's uh, got their point of view. I don't listen to. Any I of just them thought at all. that we could have done it. <laughs> we could, we, maybe I mean we missed it for this year, but maybe we should do a, um, a Christmas album of all those uh, the alternative songs, <laughs> the ones, the ones that the ones that got it. away. The ones that didn't get away. Featuring. (laughs) Featuring. Remember. Finally. Silvan Wiltord. Finally. I was going to say, finally, years later, Hi Ho Silvan Wiltord, which only. (laughs) Silvan Wiltord. Scoring all the goals. Yeah. It was not terrible. Never made it out of General Towers, that one, did it? <laughs> it we got six people singing it the time he scored a hat trick. My favourite one was Ying Tong, Ying Tong, Ying Tong, Ying Tong, Ying Tong in a moto. Ying Tong, Ying Tong, Ying Tong, Which is probably not... Which oh, is no, no, don't tell me. It doesn't matter if you get, get cancelled now. No, it's just Which is anyway. even, even more inappropriate now than it was, than it, than it, than it was at the time. We get more so listeners than FCI Beatha get for home games, my That's friend. That's true. That's it true, was uh, it was a different time. Uh, there wasn't a. I was going to get. I, I was going to try. There, was, there wasn't a club shop on in the ground. A lot of the stands oh, like that is an oh. opportunity missed. I know. I, know. I would really? have cleaned up. Got no merch, but I'm going looking for some. So there we two, we were two up. Then Gabriel, who's becoming my hero, I love I love a big number six. He's wearing the shirt with pride and honour and commitment. His passing's good. He's extremely strong in the air. He's a nightmare to wrestle with. And he's been really good all season. I, it's going to be interesting where the captain's armband ends up, but I'd be surprised if it didn't end up on his muscular bicep. I think he's been brilliant. You really do always brilliant. think he's going to score from a corner, don't you? Like it's just Immediately before dangerous. that corner, I said to Keith, I fancy we're going to score from one of these corners because Martinelli was pinging him in nice and flat and he scored immediately. I watched that game from Block 32. Nice to be back down there with a with Hoi Polloi. <laughs> with Hoi Polloi, yeah. <laughs> Sorry we couldn't get you the drinks you asked for. Uh, <laughs> I was disappointed there wasn't a, a cheese platter at half-time. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I did try and get it for you. I, I do apologise, but it was a very uh, big queue. So what made you come down from uh, Frank Warren's box um, this particular week? On that day, uh, because my daughter... It's just turned 12, and she was having the party, and there was no way I was going to get to the to Frank's box before one minute to three, and I thought, I won't take up a space around the, the table. Mm. I mean, the answer, was, the, answer, the answer I was hoping for, Al, was because, yeah. you know, you wanted to come back. I wanted and, to see everyone. See, well, yeah. I, did, I, didn't, I wasn't that bothered about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got that. <laughs> 
So we beat Southampton, uh, having a sticky start. That was a good win. 3-0. Could have been more goals. I don't know about you. I'm a little bit disappointed um, where we don't push for more mm. goals. Yeah, Especially as we have hardly scored any goals. We really Our goals plus column is really feeble. I mean, uh, the comparison with the teams above us who are now only the three best teams in Europe. So, you know, pat, pat, pats on the back all round for everyone who's got the results organised. We've won 10 games now. So, you know, fair play. Uh, El Caldillo's absolutely now the governor of that club. I mean, he is now the ruler. He is eliminating the opposition. This battle, this head-to-head with Aubameyang over what appears to be but a sort of a minor misdemeanour, but has obviously become a, you know, as one of several... If someone did send a tweet to me saying, it used to be that the Arsenal captain could have a skinful, smash his car up, do some time, <laughs> yeah, and then and then come out and still have the armband. But this this showdown is the this felt like the final showdown. This is really I've had it I've had it up to here with lippy so and sos like Gwen Doozy. I've had it with moody knobs like Urzel. I If people are not going to buy into this and start working their ass off and doing what I want them to do, I have to, I am going to have to have a stand. And I feel like this was nothing to do with him turning up late. It was really, it just felt like Arteta spoiling for the last stand to really make sure that the dressing room is his. Whether that's the right way to run it, I don't know. I think so. I think he wants a proper grip on it. He cannot have any more bullshit. There is no way we're catching any teams higher up the table if people aren't just going to be absolutely on side, whether that's sustainable in the long term, you know, there's been a lot of talk for years about in the old days, you know, the, the club owned the players, they could be bought and sold against their wishes, you know, they they would they weren't rich, they'd have to play when they were injured, they'd be given pills all the time, take this, take this, they didn't know what they were taking, all of this stuff, you know. And then for a long time, especially uh, Ferguson was the one who was always cited at Man United. Now they're all millionaires. Now they've got agents. Now there's the Bosman ruling. Now there's a lot of player power. And if you're going to get these already super wealthy people who aren't motivated by putting a meal on the table or providing a future for their family, they do, do that after two weeks. Yeah. How do you get them playing? How do you make them want to win trophies and beat people? And Ferguson managed it. He managed it largely by delegating to excellent coaches. I suppose I don't know how he did it. But this, this Arteta thing feels like he's, to me, it feels like he's trying to get hold of that. It's taken two years and he's, and the, the happy bonuses, Aubameyang has done this just at the point where he couldn't get in the team anyway. Mm. He couldn't, he's not first choice, left attack, centre forward, or right attack. His second mm. choice in all those positions. But we said at the time, didn't we, with, um, after the Spurs drop, that that was the beginning. That was the beginning of the end. A painful end game. Yeah, and it has gone slowly. And like, I mean, it was very much said in all the communications around this, following his latest breach. For, do you know what I mean? It was like again another kind of. It was very on message that this isn't the first time. And. And because of the moment that this has happened, like I mean, this felt like it was coming from before, before it actually happened. What with the substitution on the be- um, him off the bench and so forth. So, in terms of finding, 
the Spurs one was maybe not the right time from a supporter's point of view, but there has there's just it's interesting how few complaints there's been. And it, well, like, you could argue that's how fickle that we are about like if someone's playing well, then you can get away with anything, and if they're not, then then, then you can't. But it does seem to have picked the right time for it. And yeah, as you say, Al, like the club have backed him on everything, rightly and or wrongly. And he does it publicly, right? Does it publicly? Did it publicly after the Spurs game? He did it publicly in this most recent one. He's been left out for disciplinary breach. I'm not going to say anything more about it. What goes on in the dressing room stays in the dressing room. Having right? said yeah. everything. Okay, mate. Well, you <laughs> know, it's, you've taken the if you've taken the lid off the pie, and four and twenty blackbirds have flown out. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I mean, you knew, you knew what you were doing. And then, of course, as you've said this before, T, the club brief, don't they? They brief journalists. Um, I don't, you know, the people oh. at The Athletic and one or two other yep. people, the people at The Mirror in particular, these two, seem to have an absolute inside track. If there's anything at all that the club want out in the world, it's very easy for them to get it out in the world. And they still have people who are very, very eager to tug the forelock and say, oh, thanks for the scraps, you know. To say the message. So do you know, um, quick one, I'm sure you've d- done this this week. Do you know all the captains between, um, as you said this week, uh, with, you know, Tony Adams was captains, like whatever, 14 years or whatever it was. Or, um, and we've had as many captains since um, <laughs> for each year. Can you, really? the, can, you tell me, can you tell me who they all are since Tony Adams? doesn't have to be in order. You can do it together if you want. Seth Fabricas. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, well, Patrick Vieira. Patrick Vieira. Vieira. He was he captain was a- for a long time. Are you talking about permanent appointments or people who've had, had the armband because everyone's injured? Uh, I guess permanent appointments. So Vieira's the first one after Adams. Yeah. And then was Galas was captain for a crazy period. Yeah. Uh, wasn't he? Thierry Henry was captain. Thierry. Vieira, Thierry, Galas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, after so- Galas. Sesk. Was that Sesk then? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Sesk left. And we, oh, Sesk left. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> Sesk left. And then and then he could have come back and he didn't He didn't bring it back. <laughs> oh. And Peter was sad to me, but we've got Ramsey. We've got Wilshire. We don't need him. I'll tell you, if you give him five minutes on the training ground, his first name on the team. We did this 10 years ago. Um, Sesk. <laughs> Who was after Sesk? Kashelny was captain. Mertesacker. Uh, you're going from Ireland. From Ireland was captain for a bit. Yeah, there was somebody for one season. <laughs> Robin Van Persie. That's my. Yeah, that's my Achilles heel. Yeah, after, <laughs> that's the one that does me. Was it the leadership group? Sesk. <laughs> oh. <laughs> how many have we got out the four team? We've got. You're doing right. a lot. Sesk Van Persie Vermeilen. Yeah. Um, who was after for Milan? Um, well, I think I had a go, didn't well, I? This takes us back yeah. to the li- this takes us up to the lineup game. We're missing one. <laughs> who always gets missed out on the lineup game? Um, per, uh, do we say Patrick? Per- oh, Arteta, the glorious that is a psychologist field day, that is. We never mentioned He's right there in front of our faces. El Caldillo, the most frightening man who's ever been at the Arsenal. No, we all know he's, he's, there. he's lurking around like a vampire. Who will he kill next? He's always... I did read something this week saying that he wasn't the most popular of captains as well because he was a little bit... They hated him. He was a little Giroud, bit intense. Giroud famously, when they were pissing about in the dressing room and Giroud said, words to the effect of, oh, no, Arteta's coming. <laughs> 
you know, the party's over. We've got to have this kind of austere chain gang vibe to the training <laughs> sessions. Austere chain gang. <laughs> no fun. So what are you laughing are... about? You know, you, you get these people. We had a, we had a first AD uh, on a film with Jonathan Crick years ago. If you don't know how it works on a film set, the director says what's going to happen, and then it's the first assistant director who organises that shit, calls the shots, all right, first positions, this we're setting up now, actors go sit over there. And it's a difficult job because it's long hours, everyone's tired, but a good first AD is a joy. It's a bit like bibs and cones in a way. If you've got a moody, narky, horrible one, who's the moment someone goes off set, they start slagging them off. It's really bad. It's detrimental, you know. And sometimes I feel like he's a bit of a moody first AD. That's <laughs> Vieira said this week, didn't he? The captain needs to be someone who has a special bond with the manager, you know. Or it used to be that the captain has to be the the manager's man on the pitch. You know, Adams for Graham, Vieira for Wenger, Keane for Ferguson, hmm. and all that. Or they have to be a total self-starter. Doesn't matter who the manager is. Mm. Couldn't give a shit. Stephen Gerrard. Doesn't matter. It's Liverpool. It's Anfield. We yeah. will not be. We will not be bossed about. Follow me, you know. Proper leader, you know. The one at the one at Stamford Bridge was quite good as well. But um, yeah, no, you're, mm. you're right. But just to finish this, anyways, like Arteta, Mertesacker, Koscielny, Shaka, and then, oh, that kills me. That's the one. That's the one that hurts me. And then yeah. Shaka, uh, uh, and then Oba, and then Oba, and then now, <laughs> and now it's going to be Lacquer to the end of the season, and then he's going to go. So. At that point, like it's he might not remain- go to. He might not go. Let's have a look at this Lacazette situation. Right? Yes. This is a guy who, when he's when he plays well, is a team player, and he he gets involved with centre backs and he shows commitment and he he shows for the ball and he shows fight. He gets the odd goal, not enough goals. Yeah, more not always ne- never enough goals. But you could say the same about Bobby Firmino, right? Doesn't matter if. Their two, Mane and, and Salah, are constantly getting in. That's all that matters, right? Mm. So if he's performing that role, that suits him really well. It all depends what Arsenal are going to offer him. Because if they... Are they going to do a three-year monster deal? Because how, how did that work out with Ozil and Aubameyang? Do you remember it used to be with Dennis Bergkamp under Wenger? Yeah. Be, you get one year. Bergkamp should have a 10-year contract. <laughs> You know, one yeah. year, and there was, it was he was actually talking about trying to shift him on, maybe sell him to Fulham, you know, and then he oh. stayed, he stuck around. He was part of the Invincibles, but it was one year when you're thirty because there's some that was kind of a rule of thumb, whether it's right or wrong, because he thought the feeling was you don't want old guys who are taking the money who lose their place in the team to say <clears throat> Martinelli, still there, still kicking around, yeah. yeah. You know, so what will he do with Lacquer? Will they give him a twelve month, a twenty four month? And deal? he, well, that's in his court because he could probably get three years relatively easily. But now, if they do, it seems very likely now at the moment, if they can move on Aubameyang, and probably if they can move on Nicola Pepe, who seems to just have expired as a footballer. It's like a you know when you have a remote control car in your kid's playroom. <laughs> And you can't find the remote and the batteries are run out. You don't know that. But I can, I can see <laughs> downstairs in our house, there are two or three remote control things. There's uh, Also, there'll be a remote control for a drone, but that drone's long been in the neighbour's hedge and we can't get it out. 
they're just useless electrical items, and that, that's what Pepe's like. It's like, a, <laughs> yeah. it's like a remote control car. No one knows what the remote is and what the batteries are. It'll be interesting to see if he plays him against Sunderland, doesn't it? But we'll come on to well, that. Well, we'll see, because, won't we? Because if that, he doesn't, then he really is a knackered... A naked uh, busted flush. Light and a busted yeah. flush. So if those two players, those contracts are taken out, there's money to give Lacker. He'll get a good deal. And he's a respected player. He's frustrating sometimes. We coated him two weeks ago for playing like a mermaid. Well, because hmm. when he's when he disappears, he does so totally AWOL. But when he's on it and up for it, and I really do think that playing number nine with a number ten close and willing Runners either side. What number nine in world football wouldn't want to play with Martinelli and Saka? I can yesterday watching the Leeds game, and we'll go back to West Ham. I can barely contain my excitement at how good these boys are. Yeah, it, it is unbelievable how good these kids are at twenty years old. The world, the football world, is at their feet. They, we're talking about multiple World Cups. We're talking about playing for any team they could choose. Please, God, let them stay at Arsenal for 10 years. And we paid nothing for Saka. Well, we paid nothing, invested millions in an academy. And £7 million for Martinelli. We paid £150 million for the back five. And another 30-odd for Saliba to try and get that sorted. But this lot have just fallen into El Caldillo's lap. Just mm. absolute pearls. You cannot speak highly enough of how good they are. The joy of yeah. watching Martinelli... Um, turn the afterburners on. I mean, he's rapid, and I'm sure he's yeah. got. I'm sure he's got faster in the close season. And it was interesting. Um, he's actually finished. Am I right to think he's finished the last two games? Because there was always that kind of element. Always that lacquer. Well, no, I'm Is talking this... about Martinelli, but yeah, lacquer oh, okay, yeah. as well. Let's go back to lacquer for a minute, though. Actually, um, I think Martinelli got subbed, didn't he, against West Ham? Go on, say what you're going to say about lacquer too. No, I was just going to say. I mean. There were elements of, like, you saw the good and the bad this week as well. Obviously, um, we'll come back to West Ham where he was brilliant. But, like, he'll still, like you mentioned, he'll still miss the old, he'll, he still misses chances. He's, you still get that kind of impression that he's not physical enough for the position that he's playing. So when it's all kind of fluid, when teams are standing off us, as all these three teams this week did and gave us room to kind of play, he got room to shine and, you know, he was the pivot that we're talking about. But I do... There was a chance early on which you'd hope he would have put away. Was it the first or second chance? There's those three a, about chances two or first, three, wasn't yeah, there's there? There's a few of those and he's still like, I mean, that's been going on for quite a while. That That's that's kind of where the frustration is he, and you do wonder about him physically. He can't do it to Lacquer. Mm. He can't, he's not Ian Wright. There were two or three against Leeds where you've, so many times in my life where I've thought, if that's righty, that's a goal. Right. Mm. You know, he'd find a way to get it in the net. And Lacquer just doesn't have just doesn't that. do it. He just doesn't have that. Vlajevic, the Fiorentina player, if by some miracle we could get him, is a powerhouse forward and a bang, bangs goals in and would get more goals. Yeah, so can, while it I'm... Can't, it's okay, right, if if he's a focal point for these whiz kids. Yeah. Against teams that are... Against the, against the three teams that we've had. So, I mean, that's the only caveat. I know it's a little, a little bit party-pooping, but it's like... I still, I'd be all right with him. I'd be all right with him being being moved on because I like they do. What, what you're with saying him. is, what is we're still looking, right? We're in the market. There it is for that top draw number nine 
who's going to really want to do it against Manchester City on New Year's Day. And they're going to be thinking, what plans can we draw up to deal with this guy? You know? Yeah. He fits very well in that role at the moment. Yeah. And I think all the other four all work off him well. He's enjoying it. <sighs> yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely... whether we can get someone an improvement. I think it's definitely a, yeah, it's definitely a better fit with as you say, Al. Like having having all that kind of excitement buzzing around him is really really good fun. Oh, who really good fun? The movement of these guys. As Arteta said something interesting and unusually really. Did he say something kind of? <laughs> oh, well, that, that hurt. For a, didn't for it? A, <laughs> that really hurt. <laughs> no, what I mean is when I say that, what I mean is he said something interesting in a football sense, like genuinely interesting in a football <laughs> sense. Instead of Instead of the moment he's in front of the camera, his son of secret agenda starts seeping out in his sentences because he, <laughs> he can't help himself. He's, he's, he's trying to present the front and then what he actually thinks just emerges. And that's that's who he is. He can't, he will never be anything else. He'll, there'll always be a front and then the bobbling, burning, volcanic rage just, <laughs> just behind it. He is the angriest man on God's earth. And he has to make that work for him in his job, right? But what he said was, Martinelli's put some gears into his game. And mm. I, initially I thought, what does that mean? But then I understood what it meant. What it meant was he always goes everywhere at 100 miles an hour. He does everything flat out. And sometimes he gets injured. He clatters into things. He frequently gets hurt. You frequently see Martinelli mm. has gone into a 40-60 and got hurt. And sometimes in a game, you have to be smart. You have to, he's not. Lionel Messi, but and there's no point comparing Lionel Messi to any. But Lionel Messi did often, and we saw him fortunate to see him many times against Arsenal. He would often just wander about, <laughs> slow to mm. an absolute crawl. In this book, Barca, <laughs> they talk about him in the first ten minutes of the game, just walking around amongst the opposition defenders and watching them. And at one point, even in the game, someone passed it to him and he let it go into touch because he hadn't started yet. And what Guardiola said, he's just getting the panorama into his mind of what they are all like and where they all go and where the spaces uh-huh. are going to be. And then he, I don't know what the Spanish for tears of a new one is, but that's... <laughs> <laughs> is that what we were doing against Southampton? Uh, no, the, no, we weren't. Okay. We, we, were, we were afflicted by the, you know, passing from the back of the phone. But Martinelli, if he can, is, you know, it's a sign of... Development and maturity, isn't it, to not be doing everything at 100 miles an hour, to just be explosive when the moment's right. Yeah, and, and, he, sign and of, he did that for both of his goals yesterday. Another sign of his development, because there was a couple of times at the end of last season where, it, it, I was going to say the other side of his development is a, is a defensive game, because there's a couple of times last year where he, I distinctly remember him giving a ball away, like in that corner where he's now jockeyed and defended really well like there was there was one that they pointed out this week he's just been getting back and um and they need defensive to right? work what do you feel about the Jacques Aparte it's very expensive midfield access this 80 million pound duo of being put together they don't particularly feel like a pair themselves mm. but they're square pegs and square holes they're in the right positions but how do you feel if we're suddenly under pressure, I still feel like I want someone behind them. Mm. You know, it means sacrificing a forward and putting another defender in and playing Ben White in behind them, maybe just because I still, mm. I do still feel like Xhaka could have gone yesterday. Oh. oh, my God, that tackle on Rafinha. It got worse and worse, actually. Yeah, the Mike Dean, Mike <laughs> Dean would have sent him off, wouldn't he? I, I think 
Andre Mariner playing Father Christmas for us yesterday. Yeah, by the time I got to match of the day yesterday, uh, um, it was a sliding scale. At the time, I thought, nah, it's just shaka. By the time I'd seen it like about 10 times, it was like, that was a a really naughty, really naughty tackle. More so than the other one, actually, which looked more accidental. But just, I don't know, maybe I'm adding some, like the Shaka, some Shaka added tax in there. But it was, it, it was naughty and it was just after, just after he could have also got a yellow for, for. Well, um, yeah, the shithousing, the standing yeah. in the way. And of course, uh, and then the best thing is, is that Shaka was the first one over with the tackle that happened minutes after his one. Shaka's yeah, the first one, one of their over. guys, one of their guys caught one of our guys, and then he's straight over there going ref booking this terrible. Yeah, he, and he this fo- is in a game where we're winning comfortably against a very uh, muddled, mi- mixed up, inexperienced, messy side who've just you know really on the floor. They've just been done seven nil. They've gone down three nil by half time, and yeah. he's still getting involved in this bullshit. Yeah, it can't. It's you know. My notes uh, it says Xhaka still trying to tuck it up. Uh, oh. I think it got autocorrected <laughs> as I was writing it. Um, but yeah, and and it, but he doesn't appreciate how much. And we had it at the Liverpool game. Riling opposition fans can work to your detriment, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they because they were. It's just he's. It, I hate that element of his game. Mm. He thinks he's yeah. being clever. He thinks so we're he's still, being smart. Basically, we're still looking in centre mid and we're still looking at centre forward. Right? <laughs> we're still looking yeah, at, those, but... at those positions. Maybe Sambi Lakonga, Ainsley Maitland-Niles, he seems to have forgotten, forgotten again. him again. El Nenny, I imagine, will move on. And we're still looking for someone who can threaten that Xhaka Parte axis who can come in and be better. Did you see that? Do you remember the accidental nutmeg that Shaka did yesterday, though? I quite enjoyed that. Like, he nutmegged Rafinha in the middle of the park. Yeah. I think the Rafinha one was interesting because hadn't Rafinha just gone face-to-face with Ben White and and uh, in a bit of a square-up? Yeah. And when Shaka went over and did him, that was no accident. That was No, handsome Ben White went, not the face, not the face. <laughs> <laughs> We talk about Ben White's tackle for the penalty. Oh my no, word! Let's move yeah, on. No, I, think, I think I think he I think I think he was unlucky there. <laughs> said no, said no one anywhere. Oh, he said oh, oh, and Ramsdale went over and congratulated yeah. him. Great oh, this, tackle, mate. This will fall to ref. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> didn't we talk about? Didn't we talk about that like, uh, a couple of weeks ago about him going to ground? And I mean, it was such a. Such a naive tackle. Yeah, it was a bad. It was a bad error, wasn't it? Well, it, it was a really dominant first half. They set about Leeds with a lot of um, pace, and and Leeds were a mess from the get go. And we had eleven shots on goal, which is a record since Opta began for a team mm. in the first half. So that yeah. was pretty remarkable. Um, a lot of them were just sort of straightforward drive straight at the keeper, but nonetheless, we're creating opportunities. And then we're three up. And the second half, we had one shot. And that was mm, Smith yeah. Rowe's goal, and and we sat and there were moments when we could have gone on the break, and we sat and didn't bother, and it, it kind of invited them on, gave away a pen, yep. and then what if they'd scored and made it three two? 
you know, why, why, why not just properly put these kids to the sword? Why, why not yeah. just go carry on as you were? If you get to seventy minutes and it's three-one, we'll start. We'll bring on a couple of more defensive players and we'll see the game out. But don't see the game out yeah. now. I. It, it's amazing that we were three-nil up, absolutely dominating, as you said, had the most shots, and then I was still going, "Oh, come on, we're being too complacent." Ode Erdegaard, who I thought was brilliant, still has these slight, and it's a small little thing, but he has these slight moments where he overcomplicates, he's running at them, and it's almost like, oh, that ball to Xhaka's maybe too easy. I I don't know, you just want to, as you say, put them... Maybe he's going, that ball to Xhaka is a ball to Xhaka. So, yeah, um, <laughs> I don't know. I, no, I just I know sort of mean. there's there's occasional times when we look like right. What what do we do? Do we just go for the jugular or yeah? It's a feel at the moment. Legal. Also, there's a little. We need to find maybe another way. Let's look at Liverpool as a template. Another way to create a chance other than sending Saka and Martinelli through at pace onto through balls, which is a very effective way of creating yeah. chances and opening up defences. But getting to the byline and pulling the ball back, that works very well. And it's not happening quite enough, is it? Saka never wants to go on his right foot to the byline. Always comes back inside and he can do it, you know. Mm, he can so do anything. A, a little bit more, um, perhaps from... Tierney and Tomiyasu, but everyone seems to be in the right position and the, the confidence is high. I thought, let's talk about the West Ham game oh, because yeah. that Ooh. was a, that was actually a really good game of football and mm. t- very well-matched teams. Any thoughts, lad? Oh, right. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were halfway through saying something still. No, I mean, yeah, like, West Ham were properly muzzled, weren't they? And there was a, by all accounts, I mean, I was watching it from over here, but the atmosphere sounded brilliant. Like proper kind of... It was. It was really good. The Mm. place was really noisy and people are up for it, you know? And Lacazette had, I mean, that we were talking about him earlier on, Lacazette had a blinding game, but we were, I don't know, it felt like, did West Ham not come out? I mean, we were excellent, but well, did did West Ham make it easier for us? Or did I we, think like, it was a good them? time to play them. I think it was a good time to play them. They had um, they had people missing. Uh, uh, confidence was sort of slight. They, they, they've just been on a bit of a dip, haven't they? Um, I'm not sure about I, that. I I, but I, we were still great. I, I think we still took the game to them. I mean, Declan um, Rice was absolutely outstanding. They did have oh, he always where, where they missed people was really at the back, wasn't it? And they did yeah. have Zuma there, but Declan Rice was absolutely fantastic, pounding around the pitch and mind him in our side. But that might, I don't know about that ever happening. And then they've got some clever little footballers: Lanzini, Bowen, Fornals. They're very mobile. They've got a good touch. Oh, yeah. Their problem um, was that if Antonio's not getting in behind and scoring, they're go- it's difficult for them to score. They're a big side. They're dangerous at set pieces. They're powerful. Yeah, I just felt like we did well, really. And the mm. first half was quite even. It didn't. It felt like it was going to be a draw. And then suddenly Martinelli got in. Lacazette played a, a, a pass that really only Martinelli could have got to. It was slightly overhit it, actually. But Martinelli's so quick. 
He just raced onto that and stroked it like Henri into the far corner. Oh, it was it was beautiful the beautiful finish. It was, it was the Thierry, wasn't it? Mm. It was from the Thierry playbook. It was a yeah. similar thing. If it was Thierry, you would have thought he's made the run and told Lacazette where to put it. You can mm. imagine, but yeah. but Martinelli does make very good runs. And the goal he got against Leeds, where Xhaka played him in, when they showed a camera angle from behind, you can see that Martinelli's made such a good run. Shaka's got no alternative but to play that. You know? <laughs> yeah. it, it didn't help. It didn't help Leeds that they had an eighteen-year-old debutant at right back. Graham Souness really just absolutely roasted him. <laughs> I mean, a poor kid. He's he's got he's got ten yards out of position, and he's he's a bit like one of the guards in a in a twenty-four or Bond. <laughs> right. He's in the kit, looks the part. Oh, he's dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, this there is was different an element, le- different there, level. <laughs> we haven't commented on a like Martin Elliott. There was an element of like, I mean, he tickled it. Oh, he tickled it for that second one, didn't he? It's lovely. The second one, he didn't think he was going to get there, but he did. He's quick and he's brave. That's one where he might have got clattered, isn't it? He might have got hurt. The guy did kick him, tried to bring him down, but he stayed on his feet. Everything about Martinelli is a very similar attitude, I think, to Kieran Tierney. Mm. Uh, he wants to get on the ball and make things happen and do stuff. Yeah, it's he's terrific. He's and he's got Smith Rowe out of the side, which you know there's a little mm. bit of chat around about. Well, how, how? Hang on a minute. How can Smith Rowe not be playing? But but Odegaard really did. Like, I think it was a Keown's analysis last night. Actually, it was surprised. Which, that's why he does it, and that's why I don't. But like, I hadn't noticed how much Erdegaard was 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 pulling the strings kind of creatively in the game, and he does he does do that more than I think he does that more than Smith Rowe. Is that is that fair this season? He does seem to be know. more of an orchestrator, orchestrator than uh, Smith Rowe. Yes, I think that's true. He likes to just get on the ball and pass it. Smith Rowe likes to be a bit more explosive and carry it and run. But they're both brilliant at number ten. Erdegaard was excellent against Southampton. Less good against West Ham. Mm. And actually got pulled with half an hour to go. And that, that, that was the first game, honestly, since El Caldillo's been in charge, where often you sit there, I've been watching a lot of football for a long time, and you're thinking, I think we should make this change now. And he made it. Think we should yeah. make Smith, I think Smith Rowe should come on now for Erdegaard. And he made the change. Oh, yeah. Holy shit. That's, this never happens. He always does something weird. Right? Well, you can, <laughs> this whatever, is... whatever's going to happen, you can. You can be sure that in the 80th minute, then Nuno Tavares will be warming up. <laughs> not quite. Yeah. But why? Because he's a powerful physical player who's got good defensive qualities, and it's 10 minutes to go. Let's not have anything silly happen. Plus, he loves him. <laughs> and he's. He's raring to go on the bench. He's got his collar on. He wants to go for a walk. He's got his, <laughs> his actually got his the lead in his mouth. You know, <laughs> he's wagging his tail. He's like, "Come on, when are we going to go in the forest?" <laughs> All right, Nuno, when you go, son. <laughs> no, uh, West Ham, um, West Ham friends who I talked to after the game have said that uh, Antonio's kind of reached um, has kind of reached his peak um, so far and his. Um, isn't getting any change. But I did think that the defence played... I thought the defence were pretty sharp against him. I thought him. White dealt with him, didn't he, very well. Yeah. Well, yeah. also, in so pocket. in his defence, Antonio, I think is a fantastic player. Oh, yeah. Um, he uh, When they went to 10 men, he got moved out to the right 
And then he had Tierney and Nuno on him, and there was no change for him there. But they, they, they got the guy who got sent off. Chufal. He got sent off for elbowing. First of all, he got a yellow for elbowing Kieran Tierney in the face, but the replay showed that that hadn't happened and that Tierney had put his hands on his face and lain down. And uh, it's uh, the only blot on his copybook, to me, is the perfect footballer, is that he will, you know, that was feigning. You know, he was faking it. And I, I hated to see it. And uh, they not helped by all the Arsenal players getting around the refs and send him off, send him off, send him off, send him off. Yeah. And he just put his arm across. He was physical. Perhaps he caught him in the jaw with his elbow. That does hurt, but it doesn't mean you hold your eyes. Um, so he got booked for that. Later on, he's a physical, strong player, and he perhaps he went in too strong on Tierney there, got booked, and then he went and, and for the penalty, he went clattering into Lacazette when he could have just nicked the ball away. Yeah, That's it what, was an odd one, wasn't it? I At first... Look, that didn't feel like a penalty at all. No, he got the ball. I was quite but, surprised. You know, we were up in up in the you know in the emperor's seats, and that is he's won the ball there. There's never a pen. It's never yeah. a pen. But then, you see the replay. He's gone into the yeah. Hard. I think the third angle was like Jesus Christ. It's quite damning. So yeah, but back in the day, and back and then under Adam Adams and Keown, that's a tackle. Yeah, that's not a pen. And if you've hurt a bloke and he's rolling around because he's been kicked in the tackle, tough shit. Don't come down about, here. Uh, <laughs> Lacazette's, Lacazette's dilemma was this. Like, I need to win the foul. I need to look like I've been... I had my leg amputated. But then I've got to get up. <laughs> Illegally and... in a back street. By an assailant. Fight on this, Mr Lacazette. <laughs> <laughs> you remember in Dances then... with Wolves when he was going to have his foot amputated and he puts it back in the boot? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Put this vodka-soaked then... rag in your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> You know that, well, I say it's a French thing because Thierry's done it and I think Lacazette's done it before about not being fouled, not taking the penalty if you've been fouled. That was Henri's uh, thing, wasn't it? Yeah, you should add to that that, I mean, Fabianski was determined was to do save. a freedom. Was a he, was gonna, he was going to save. Yeah, yeah. He was always going to save. <laughs> he was always going to save. He, he thought he's putting this to my left. Yeah. He's going to side put this to my left. That's what I think he's going to do. I'm going left hard. Yeah. Brilliant save. And, and he was right. He, and it was a brilliant save. Yeah. Was, I actually didn't mind it. I like Fabianski. I, I, I really like him as well. I do, yeah. I, now, that, now, that Pepe, now that Pepe is obviously never going to play for Arsenal again, I guess no one else could have taken... <laughs> no one else could have taken that penalty, could they, apart from Lacquer? Oh, Erdegaard must have a penalty in him. I'm sure all that lot have. I mean, Martinelli must have tricks, penalty tricks for days, wouldn't you think? Oh, we did a lovely. Yeah. Um, did he do a lovely yeah, Megal? Was it on Chuf? Was it on Chufal as well? Just after his goal, that he uh, he megged someone, didn't he? Like, he did. He did. He did. Yeah, he did a little. It track wasn't back. him. It was the and other. Yeah, it was the other bruiser on Suchek. their team. It, yeah, Suchek. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Uh, can we just say about Kieran Tierney's shot from uh, whilst we were talking about Fabianski saves? It hit the bar. Oh, yeah. That was a lovely piece of football. I do, I like. I'm really liking it at the back. I, th I think Tommy Asu is yeah. is so impressive. He's physically strong. He's fast. He's a, he's a, as as we say a self starter like Tierney. You don't need to tell him to give everything. He gives everything, mm. and he's technically good. He's two footed. He's strong in the air. 
he's been to away games and been smashed about and knows that that can happen and you'll get nothing. If you're at Anfield and Mane elbows you in the head, you'll get nothing. Yeah. And he didn't complain. He got up and got on with it. I, I think really he's, the way he's settled in, coming from Bologna, coming to England, coming to the Premier League for the first time. You know he started more games than anyone else for Arsenal this season, Tommy Yasu, because since he arrived, he's played every single match apart well, from well, like you say, it's in like, the Carabao, when, you know. When well, Cedric Arteta, being the backup, well, you kind well, of see Cedric, why. Cedric came, Zorro's come back from Siberia. And got on yes, got on yesterday. What well, did he get on? Did he get on because um, I mean, did did Tommy, Tommy come on because got of that an injury? injury. Is it was it because injury, of yeah. that tackle for the or was it a different? I think it was, I a, think mus- it was a muscle thing. Yeah, right. Because yeah. okay, so it wasn't for the ankle. It wasn't for the yellow card that um, that Zorro um, will play against um, Sunderland. Um, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, imagine imagine seeing him coming on and uh, with a. Callum Chambers is he still is he still at the club? Callum Chambers yep. is still there. Could maybe have come on. He he, he put he on the bench. On I don't know who was on the bench yesterday. I mean, Ainsley could have done it, but we've got a first eleven good. though now, haven't we? We really have got a first eleven. Yes. We've just the only player who's seriously knocking at the door is Smith Rowe, who could absolutely slot in anywhere in that forward line. He could even play Lacazette's position as a false nine, and other than him. Well, he really is now looking like an eleven plus the rest. And yeah, it's funny how that's sort of emerged in the in the last two or three weeks. Well, but isn't it the first time we've played an unchanged side for four games? I think, which is you know, good. Oh, there was one. There was one thing as well. When watching it from the telly, which you wouldn't have. I know we were watching it on the telly because because none of us went away. Uh, did you see that stats sports ad with the Arsenal stats sports ad? And like, I don't know if it was done on purpose, but when they're going round, the Ober Ober's line in it was, "Come on, bro, you're late <laughs> to the camera." No, really? Oh no way! <laughs> did you see that? No I don't way. know if it, I don't know if it was like a. Yeah, I don't we know. didn't get that. Oh. What are we going to do with Aubameyang? In the old days, this is a club hero, right? That, you know the, what he did in those FA Cup games, what the goals he scored in his first two seasons, is is fantastic, lethal striker who's completely lost his way. He's he, he can't go on with El Caudillo. He's just really, it's it's sad, and 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 the flaws in his character emerge. He doesn't want to be there. He doesn't want to be there, but he's picking up fortunes and money. Who can who can they? The only way they'll they'll move the player on is if the manager basically does what he did to Özil and forces him. The club's writing off fifty million pound transfer fee because um, in the old days he'd have just gone to West Ham. That's where Arsenal players go to die. You know? yeah. That's where <laughs> Ian Wright and Davor Shukir and you know and they're desperate for a striker and um, yeah. Oh, there's lots uh, of people who have him. <laughs> Yeah, and of course the trouble at the moment is Barcelona are absolutely skint, and um, and he's he's thirty-two, and I, I got a lot of time for him as a footballer. I think he's a wonderful footballer, but this the the way this team's set up, you've got to be like a chainsaw at full power to play in the side. Yeah, Arteta wants nothing less than that. It's probably no coincidence that. the youth of the team is being built because of, you know, these younger players are in his image or not are in his image or don't remember 
the the problems he's had with Ozil and Aubameyang are, you know, they're 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 older, they're closer to his age. They're you know they were the the the, the higher wage earners. He's getting absolutely what you said at the beginning about how this is his club now. He's getting absolute kind of. Um, servitude from the players um, who are looking up to him. So there's that 15, 20 year gap between him and the average and age they're of the his team players. It's the same as George Graham. They're his yeah. players. Yeah, He bought them or he gave them the shirt or in one or two cases, and the, the interesting case is Granite Xhaka, for whatever reason, he's able to get Xhaka doing a job Jack has been, last few years, under Emery and Arteta, been moved about, well, you're going to play you on the left of a back three, or we're going to play, a, we're going to go to a back three when we're in possession, or you go there, they drop here, a lot of tactical stuff <laughs> they've tried to pull off. And now they're saying to him, you just play as one of a two in left midfield, just play there, give the get the ball, give it, get the ball, give it occupy a position on the field, take up a bit of grass, don't worry about getting forward, don't worry about too much about dropping into centre-back, just sit in there, do like you do for Switzerland. And he's able to get a tune out of Xhaka because he's not asking him to do anything he's uncomfortable with. He's not asking him to go and fill in at left-back for half an hour, you know. Yeah. And and the back four is much stronger behind and the goalkeeper's making a determined bid for player of the year. There's a big, There are big personalities now in the side, who yes. around him, you know, so he's, he's the only one. one of the old guard who's, who seems to still exactly still alive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he's picked yeah. one. He's one pick. What he's picked one player, the most like, you know, Shaq is clearly one of the most alpha players at the club. He's picked one guy to be his guy. Like you, arguably, he could have picked Lacazette, you know, on the same kind of by the same criteria, but he's picked one guy and everyone else around that. Like, I mean, he's 39. So he's like, he's 39. He's got a player seven years younger than him who's the star of the club, you know, who's who's the star player on the crazy money. Mm -hmm. um, and before that it was Ozil. And he's had to kind of, he's, he's had to break that down and he's lucky. Well, maybe it's not lucky. That's not, that's not fair. But when your star, your new star players are 20, 22, 23, um, then you can have that authority over the club. That's what he's got. Totally. Around. That's why it's yeah. like George. You know, that's I remember Stoney's old man saying, George Graham's a lucky manager. He's a lucky manager. He's, he's organised the team so well and he's bought so well. And, uh, they, you know, what do you mean? To turn up there and there's Adams and Rowcastle and Merson and Thomas and Keown and Quinn, or Keown had to buy back because he fell out with him, <laughs> you know, that's lucky and think, yeah, well, perhaps that's right. Perhaps what's happened for for Mikel is incredible good well, fortune because who could have known that these, boy, these boys were going to be so good? Yeah. I mean, do you think if, if Aubameyang does go in January, well, I, I guess it's up to him. How's he going to respond? Because we haven't heard from him. He might come out, do a statement and go, I'm really sorry. Well, he's not going anywhere I mean, in January because he's got he's off to the Africa Cup of Nations. Yeah, if, if it happens. Look, he, oh, yeah. he listen. He has to he has to turn up on time, train hard, and try and get his back in the side, or he'll be left out. And there's no way around it. it that you, him and Pepe are the same. You got to turn up and do it on the training pitch. You got to show that you're as good as Martinelli and Saka and Smith Rowe and get in the side. And if you can't, you're going to be disappointed and left out. If you then throw a Moody and turn up late or 
or whatever whatever you're doing, that's your problem. The, the, you can see how this club is going to be run. You mm. can see there's the boss. There is a boss. And he's been backed by the board and most of the team are playing for him. And the, most of the fans are willing them on. And he's a young manager learning his trade. He's, he's obviously... Bonkers! You can see, <laughs> you can see him in the in the technical area. The guy's an absolute nut job. And there was a moment in the Southampton game when he's, oh, at, yeah. he's he's standing outside his technical area on the touchline. You think, get out of the way of the game. You're in the way. You're like one of the parents when my kids playing. <laughs> Why are you on the pitch? Stand a yard back. And the ball went out for a throw in to to Southampton. And Arteta picked it up. Why are you picking the ball up? What you do in this situation is you take two strides back into your technical area and don't get involved, right? A ball boy will fetch that. We've got loads of those. Yeah. But he picked it up and a big Southampton player came over and said, give me the ball. And Arteta threw it on the ground behind him. It was absolute really shithousery. And the Southampton player pushed him, not hard enough, I don't think. I mean, they had well within his rights to shove him three yards onto his arse. <laughs> But instead of that, he just shoved him out of the way. And then some of the people in the in the West Lower were going, oh, yeah, you can't do that. You can't get involved with them. You can't shove them. But what are you talking about? Our manager's been a dickhead there. And it's just so embarrassing. <laughs> but that's, you know, that's him. He's He's, he's intense. He's, he's intense. He's very he intense. He is intense. And you've got to get on board with it because he is a Caldeo. And this is how I, this club's going to be. I always think um, if you had to choose the sort of difference between my preparation for a game and Tayo's preparation for a game, i.e. a coffee or a spliff, maybe he should have a spliff. <laughs> He's got to just be a bit CB, more... CBD oil. <laughs> CBD oil. Under his tongue. He can Maybe hold that in there for a few... Peter Stuyvesant just needs to spike <laughs> his drink. Don't, Don't worry, lads. I've put a little bit of CBD in his, his tea. Before a game, I do like think, to. Do you think... Do you think... Do you think... Um, El Cardillo has the has a Red Bull and does he have like General's knee as he like a Red Bull and a boost, <laughs> Red Bull and a boost, and just taps the ground a lucky like all boost. the way through, all the way through the first half. I was thinking that watching the Formula One, watching this sort of the, sh- the shambles that was the end of the Formula oh, One yeah, season. Yeah. Verstappen is uh, in the Red Bull team and drives like he's had eight, eight <laughs> yeah. Red Bulls before the start. Just yeah. goes belting into corners, people yeah. having to get out of his way, bashing people up the arse. <laughs> I mean, he's, not, he's obviously a brilliant driver. And he's, you know, he's a world champion, but holy shit, this guy has had several Red Bulls before yeah. the start. He's not exactly what you'd call calm. Yeah, that, yeah I think Arteta's probably had a couple of Red Bulls. I'd be more, I'd just Too be many. more on board. Like, even with the ups and downs, and I'll just be a bit more on board if we were playing consistently more exciting football. So even like the, you know, the last week comes a little bit with an asterisk. Okay, West Ham were the best team out of those. I mean, Southampton and Leeds, as you said, were a shambles and we made West Ham look um, fairly average, even though, you know, you said Declan Rice played well, but we made them look fairly average. I'd just like to see... One of the, I'd like to see a big performance away from home against a good side. I'd like to see one of them just to know that we are on, that we're not lurching like this. You could say you, you lurch like that because of young players, but I don't well, know. You know, I, I, don't know. I think, so uh, Man more. United, I, I'm still annoyed that we lost to Man United. The Everton game as well. 
the, yeah, these no, I, I, like previously oh both i mean but the previously you would have gone right if this had happened two three years ago would we have learned from it and you would like to think that we have now have the time, we don't have a Europa League game, that we can go through and go, right, why did we... We can actually learn. This is a team that can adapt and do it differently next time. Well, we've got four games coming up, right? We've got a big game on Tuesday. It doesn't feel like... Well, that's if the games all happen. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't think they will. Really, I don't. But we've got Sunderland on Tuesday, which we must win. This is a chance for Silverwares, the League Cup um, and the FA Cup as well. We've got drawn Nottingham Forest away where we had a humiliating defeat a couple of years ago, so we need to put that right. Before that, before Forest, we might have the first leg of the League Cup semi-final and then after Forest, there's the second leg of a League Cup semi-final. There are three cup ties in a week, if they happen. We're likely, if we do manage to get past Sunderland, which we should, likely to be playing one of the top Premier League sides in that semi-final. And then, plus, we've got Norwich away, Boxing Day. Two days later, we play Wolves away. And then we play Manchester City four days after that at home. The fixtures are thick and fast. Um, it, again, if they happen. Then after we've done all of those matches, we have Tottenham Hotspur away. In the in the league, uh, they'll be nice and fresh because they've all had a month off with the COVID. So he won't be able to play the same eleven every game. Lots of people are going to have to come in and contribute. He's going to have to rest people, and, and you know, likely to be injuries in when games come so quickly like this. There always are. So we'll we'll see, right? We'll see. Yeah. Um, I, it's it's one game. All you can do is one game at a time. He'll probably change the whole eleven for Sunderland. Does and then Ober, you'll have does, to. Does Ober play against Sunderland? I think Ober has to play. You can't say, listen, this guy's now banished. Like, you can't do what he did to Urzel. But can you also say this guy, the captain, is being played in the second in an overtly second string way? Listen, no, because he, it's... he's an Arsenal player. He's getting a quarter of a million a week. If he's picked to play centre forward against Sunderland in the League Cup, he's got to turn up and play. Of course he has, but, it, do, it's but a you, good... can see, you can see what the problem is. Though, yeah, right? but I it's can. a good opportunity for him to show some. A semblance of, you know, willing. Uh, Ober or... And or, humility. Or humility. <laughs> yeah, Ober, Ober. That he's going, right, OK, I'll lead the kids to a glorious victory over... It might not be kids. FC Sunderland, yeah. It might not be kids. It, it might be Maitland, Niles, Chambers, Holding, Cedric, Leno, possibly, possibly Kolasinac. It's not going to be kids. It's going to be senior players who can't get in the side. It's going to be people who are on big money, who've been playing pro football for a decade, who are serious, most, most of them internationals, play for their country, played for other big clubs, mm. all seething because they can't get a look in. And, uh, and they're going to have to turn up and gel and play well against Sunderland and get us through. Everyone's and seething they're... apart from Kolasinac, who just doesn't care. He's just <laughs> still there. It's just like, you lot, you can pay me still. It's fine. Put me in the squad if you want. Play uh, me Pablo, if you dare. Uh, Pablo Mari, has he oh, died? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is he alive? The forgotten men of Arsenal. There's a Netflix documentary the about dis- what happened to Pablo Mari. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward it's to It's called The Disappeared. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> wow. Yeah, and, and of course, Eddie... Eddie and Ketia. But hey, look, one game at a time. Sunderland next. Whether we play Norwich Wolves and Man City in a week. What do you think? I mean, scheduled to do. Who knows? COVID's ruining everything, isn't it? Yeah. I Because I didn't go to the West Ham game because I was just going, this feels like Atletico Madrid at Anfield. 
that you were going to oh, bring yeah. it up. A super, a super spreader event. Bring it up well, from Brighton. In theory, yeah. you can't get in unless you've double jabbed or passed the test. In theory, and they did, I have had to show a pass a couple of times lately going in. They can't check everyone, but they can spot check. And, they, you know, people have got to not turn up. If you haven't got a COVID passport, don't come. Yeah. You know, and if you're not jabbed, don't go out. If you, you know, fine. If you don't want to be jabbed, don't go and uh, mix in the general population with everybody else because it's hard enough, this situation. 85% of people who are in hospital are unvaccinated. Go, go and get a jab, you nuts. Yeah. But, I mean, the Southampton game, when it was the first time that you were asked to wear a mask in the concourse. Mm. I think there was about five people wearing yeah, a mask. Yeah, people aren't up for yeah. it. They want to go to the football. And in a way, this, I don't know how you feel, in the last week... Uh, I had uh, our annual football dinner from the Friday morning football game cancelled. Friend's birthday party cancelled. Yeah. Two trips to the theatre cancelled. And I'm sitting about feeling like, oh, this is too... Oh, I'm jabbed up and I'm taking the test every other day and I wear a mask wherever you want. Let me go out. <laughs> Why yeah. can't I? This is doing my head in. And the fact that we could go to the Arsenal and oh, yeah. watch them and shout and be, be alive is was was nice, you know, and I could see that the Leeds fans felt the same way, getting behind yeah. the young side. So yeah. Isn't it a year ago? Isn't it a year? <laughs> isn't it a year, about a year ago when you and Keith went to the Burnley game, which is like, yeah, that, the was, most, that was a <laughs> really a very, very low of... point. There's been many <laughs> points where El Caldillo's job has been on the line, where it's been not clear what the plan was, where it's been not clear what the selection policy is, where his, some of his public statements have been baffling, where you could see a man who's young and in, in a difficult job struggling with the job. And I, I feel as though he's been pulled through by some couple of very good signings, Tommy Asu, Ramsdale in particular, but also by some brilliant young players. Who are who are playing for one another, playing for Arsenal, playing playing for him, and uh, he survived. He's been backed, and he survived. I feel like every fortnight when we convene, we might have had three wins or three defeats. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't know. I just don't know. Uh, I've had some emails, um, quite a lot of emails, uh, and I do enjoy getting emails, so I do send them. Um, Tuesday Club Podcast at Gmail. Dot com, or you can uh, our paltry Twitter feed of 12,000 followers, which is so dwarfed by Henry Winter's one and a half million that I actually feel physically sick when I see it. But, <laughs> uh, it's fair to say, in Henry's defence, he does tweet every single day, <laughs> but uh, and we tweet once a month, but anyway. I had a tweet, uh, and I had a message from uh, I do a show, uh, and I don't know if any of you ever bother to tune in, it is quite good fun, although. It's not very highbrow. It's called Guessable on Comedy Central, a new series beginning in January. There's a, a and uh, the producer of Guessable is a lovely bloke. is a West Ham fan, and he sent me a message that he'd received from an Arsenal fan friend of his who lives in Barnet. And what this Arsenal fan who lives in Barnet said is, <laughs> "Arteta is a massive dick." <laughs> I've seen him pick fights in the nursery school car park over parking spaces with the mums. <laughs> I don't believe this. He, I could start, to believe. he could start a row in an empty room. Oh, so, I mean, 
which always reminds me of at Stamford Bridge, there's the Dennis Wise suite in which you're invited to go in on your own and start a fight. But <laughs> I, I really did laugh out loud at that, at that message. And I do imagine Mikel struggling with day-to-day life uh, with all that rage, you know, rather like uh, Kirby enthusiasm. <laughs> Oliver Kiddell, hello chaps, I'm submitting the following to assist El Presidente with his songwriting uh, under the subject Ch- Cheeky Charlie Cannon lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> Cheeky Charlie Cannon is coming for you. We are the Arsenal and Tottenham are poo. Cheeky Charlie Cannon and he's coming for you. No Xhaka for captain, send him to Peru. My apologies. My apologies to That's the nation of Peru. The nation of Peru have done nothing to deserve being lumbered with that cretin other than fitting the rhyme scheme. Yeah. <laughs> I'm breaking my promise to never email you again after you kindly use my Thierry Henry or Superman quiz. Oh. Um, so thanks, uh, Oliver, for the cheeky Charlie Cannon lyrics. Uh, yeah, we'll, we haven't had a quiz for a while. If you want to have a quiz, do send them in. Unless it's a if we get locked down, um, yeah. then um, we'll have to... We'll have to do a yeah. If we lock Arsenal's, down again, Arsenal which... Zoom, Arsenal Zoom quiz. Maybe we can uh, invite some of our listeners along. Actually, yeah, might write one. James Rennie sent several emails. Um, email. James, it's, I've, I, thanks for emailing. But when you're emailing messages during the game, uh, <laughs> this 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 these emails are checked once a week at exactly this moment when we're recording the <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Uh, so don't honestly don't bother. Uh, <laughs> Great prep. Uh, last Christmas, I gave you my shirt, but the very next day, some Dayglow <laughs> took it away. <laughs> uh, yes. Was that Dayglow? <laughs> Dayglow. Right. Yeah, it's a reference to the young kid who ran on the pitch and went up to Tommy Yasu, and Tommy Yasu gave him his shirt. And then when he went to leave the pitch, he was flattened by three stewards. And uh, one of them went over in the grass, which always gets a laugh. And then he was holding onto this shirt for dear life. But he subsequently has taken to Twitter to say that they did get that shirt off him. And uh, he was trying to get some sort of, I don't know what, crowdfunding campaign. Yeah. I Um, I don't know where to stand on this because we we saw it at the time. And you can't really have them, like, just, yeah, just run on. And get your shirt off a player. Do you think that's a good idea? If you let one this, get away with it. Which game did this happen in front? Which this is the Southampton game, Southampton isn't it? Game, think, yeah. yeah. And the, so the kid ran on, went went up to Tomiyasu. Tomiyasu gave him his shirt. But it's it's just the precedent of, you know. Right, Mr. Yeah, Health. just run on, go right, get your Mr. shirt. Mr. Health and safety. You just got it that the ball well, hasn't come to you in like 20 years of it. Yeah. <laughs> and I will elbow you out the way when it does. <laughs> no, Don't oh, you I worry. Think, <laughs> I think, D, you're right. Of course, you can't have. I mean, and it did happen at the West Ham game then. Several kids got on, and one of them nearly ploughed into El Caldillo, and I don't know what would have happened to him <laughs> if that happened. <laughs> he would have ended up in the bowels of the stadium in some sort of Spanish Inquisition <laughs> con- contraption. But uh, you know, the players have to be told, lads, you can't, if they come on, you can't give your shirt to them. Tommy, you're the nicest man on earth, but even you. You've just you've just got to say I'm sorry no because otherwise we're going to have 400 kids on the pitch <laughs> yeah. every game. But if one has come on and you've given him the shirt, yeah. you can't then assault him and dispossess him of it and turf him out of the ground. He's a child. <laughs> you've got to say, all right, son, 
clip round the ear, don't do that again. You yeah. Know? But the fact is, I think the stewards are embarrassed, aren't they? Because the safety of the players is what they're there for. And the, who knows what nut job might run on and what their intention might be. And so they're, they're supposed to prevent it. And, and uh, it's difficult now because what used to happen at the end of football matches was the players would go off. Mm. But now they hang around for ages shaking hands with each other. The managers come on. This has got to be, <laughs> stop this. Well, the managers get off the pitch. There's this long kind of post-game chit-chat with players who both play for the Ivory Coast and haven't seen each other for two years and they're on the subs bench. They have to have a chat. Maybe it's because the players' lounge doesn't happen anymore because they used to just go in the players' lounge and get do all that. Yeah. But this seems to be like their only opportunity to chat to one another. So there's a good 10 minutes now after a game before it's cleared. And if you're a 14-year-old and you, and you can see a line straight to an Arsenal player, it's only 50 yards away. You're going to go, right? You're going to go. Why not? I wish the stewards had come on and tackled uh, Alex Ferguson when he came on. Do you remember when he came on after that two-all at Highbury? We'd love to have seen someone come on and actually just rugby tackle him to the ground. Get off our pitch! Although yes. you might get me going on the pitch if it, if it means getting hold of one of those um, wonderful tracksuits. Oh. oh, they're good, aren't they? Yeah. Oh, they're, go- oh, they're lovely. They are nice, aren't they? They are nice. I'll see you on one of those, too. I'll see you on one of those. Bless you. Yeah. Uh, now, lads, there is a quiz. I'll probably wrap this up in a minute because we've been waffling on for ages, but that's what we do. Uh, it's from... Well, who is it from? Oh, Sam King. Sam King has emailed, Name the missing gooner. Long time freeloading's come here with a quiz you may all enjoy. Name the missing Arsenal player from five famous games in the club's history. And he's going back. All the way back to 1971. Mikel Arteta. <laughs> the answer in none of these, in none of these, is Mikel Arteta. Remy God. <laughs> <laughs> and in, and also in no case is the answer some obscure player you've never heard of. Okay, so we're starting off with a game that was all before all of our time. Uh, it's third of May 1971. Uh, Tottenham nil Arsenal one at White Hart Lane, and the Arsenal team. There's a one player missing. Who is it? Uh, Wilson in goal. Rice, McClintock, Simpson, and McNabb back four. What a back four! George Armstrong, Ray Kennedy, Charlie George, George Graham, and John Radford. He's actually put John Rashford, but that's a typo, I imagine. Uh, so, who is the player missing from that eleven? Did he say Pat Rice? Pat Rice is there. Uh, Kennedy, who scored the winner. You say Story. Charlie, Charlie George. Not Peter Story. Good guess. But Peter Story didn't play in that game. Any other guesses? Oh. Jules Grimondi. I'm going to give you that. <laughs> I'm going to give you a, give you a, give us a clue. Give me a clue. The clue is the, the eagle. <laughs> is, is that a pub? It's a terrible clue. Okay. No, it's, a, it's a Eddie the Eagle. Oh, right. Eddie... Eddie... McClint... No. Eddie Kelly. Oh, Eddie, Eddie Kelly. Kelly. Eddie, Eddie Kelly. Kelly. Yeah, Eddie Kelly. OK, now he's done something slightly different here for the next question. Arsenal 2, Liverpool nil at Anfield 89. Name the two substitutes who came on. One for Paul Merson on 73 minutes and one for Steve Bold on 76 minutes. That oh. was when uh, clearly George was thinking, 
okay, we do now need to try and attack. Yeah. <laughs> We've got to get a second goal. Who were the two subs who came on Anfield 89? We were only allowed two subs, of course, in those days. Perry, Perry Groves? Perry Groves is one. Oh, I can feel Amy Lawrence just like looking it, it at me. It wasn't Martin Hayes, was it? Martin Hayes! Oh, Super Martin, Martin Hayes. Hayes. There you Martin go. Hayes got on in that game. Uh, Boldy and uh, Merson came off and Hayes and Groves went on. Um, and Boldy was wearing the number 10, which is all I ever remember. Yes, no. that's right. David O'Leary played in the middle of a back, back three. Okay, this is one where I've really absolutely banished this game from my memory. It's a terrible night. Um, <gasps> Arsenal 1, Real Zaragoza 2. Oh. Uh, after which game I got tear gassed for the only time in my life. <laughs> oh, did you? In Paris? <laughs> in Paris, yeah. Um, I ended up in a gay club, I think. So. Well, I wish I had, because I had yeah. a miserable bloody <laughs> night. I absolutely hated it, the whole experience. Uh, but the Arsenal team was Seaman, Dixon, Adams, Keown, Winterburn, Schwartz, Merson, Parler, Wright and Hartson, although he has put John Harrison. I don't know why he's getting these mistakes. Uh, who is missing? Who is missing Say it, from go that for it again. team? Uh, Seaman in goal. Mm-hmm. Dixon, Adams, Keown, Winterburn, Schwartz, Merson, Parler, Wright and Hartson. Who is missing? <clears throat> um, this is a difficult one. I'm going to help you out here. By telling you it's a defender. Is it Steve Bold? No, no, but you're on the right lines. So you said Tony Adams? Adams was there, Keown was there. Lee Dixon? Dixon's already Winterburn. been mentioned. Centre half? Pates. Not Pates. Do you want a clue? Yeah. Keown. Keown's no, already there. Oh, it's okay. Uh, he, he scored uh, in a cup final for Arsenal. Linegan. Oh, Linegan. Andy Linegan. Andy Linegan. Hmm. He he played that night in Zaragoza, against Zaragoza rather, in the Parc des Princes. Oh. I, went to bed, I went to bed straight after that game in my Spider-Man pyjamas and cried. Did you? <laughs> no, really. <laughs> We all had very different nights, didn't we? I actually got burgled that night. Uh, It's 95, isn't it? Is it 95? Yes, 10th of May. My university lodgings got burgled after the game, so that was a... So you were in your Spider-Man pyjamas? I wasn't in my Spider-Man pyjamas, I made that up, no. But I came out of the pub, pissed off, went home, found out being burgled, and then I find out years later that it was actually the guy who I lived with. So. um, Oh! Yeah. Go! Everyone wow. else, everyone else, everyone else had stuff missing, and he was like, "Yeah, I got lucky." Um, I was too blinded by uh, by dismay at the time to, to, yeah. to see the to see <laughs> to see the clues that were <laughs> the massive clues that have been dropped out of the sky. But anyway, go on. What's, who's next? Okay, this is the next one, and I'm a bit surprised by this one. Uh, AC Milan nil, Arsenal two. Uh, in the San Siro, fourth of March two thousand and eight. One, one of my one of my favourite. Ever games, this one. I was fortunate to be there. That is the goal where Seth scored five minutes to go. Still don't know how that got in. Absolutely brilliantly that night. Arsenal were magnificent. Uh, Manuel Almunia was in goal. Bakary Sanya, William Gallas, Philippe Senderos, Gail Clichy, Abu Diaby, Cesc Fabregas, Mattia Flamini, Alex Hleb and Emmanuel Adibayor were ten of the players. Who was the 11th? 2008. Yeah. 
Did you say Nasri? No Nasri. No Nasri. Where's no. Van Persie at this time? Injured. injured. <laughs> and Rosicki was injured and yeah. Eduardo was injured, which is why we didn't oh, win the Oh, right. So the, oh, oh, yeah, <laughs> we're there, are we? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yes, we're there, very much. Get, um, what position? What? Well, this is what's interesting. Normally right back, but Bakary Sanya's playing right back. Have you said Flamini then? Flamini's in there alongside Sesk in the midfield. Abu Diaby was absolutely superb in that oh. game. Alex Hleb, wonderful footballer. Uh, played for the Ivory Coast, war number 27. No, did he? Oh, my God, Ibuwe. Yeah. Emmanuel Ibuwe. Ah, Emmanuel Ibuwe played. And we must have had a sort of a five-man midfield, perhaps. I can't even actually remember. Maybe Hleb played. Did Adibai all score the other goal? Adibayor scored one right at the death that was set up by Theo Walcott, who yes. came off the bench wearing number 32. Mm. Um, and the last one, finally, Arsene Wenger's last game oh. as Arsenal manager. Can you remember what it was? Burnley? No, that was the last home game. Ah. Is it Everton? No. How quickly we forget. This was... Uh, 13th of May 2018, Huddersfield, Huddersfield Arsenal won. Yeah. And the Arsenal team for his last game, David Ospina. Oh, Ospina! Hector Bellerin, Skodran Mustafi, Rob Holding, Saeed Kolasinac. Good Lord. <laughs> this is the back four that he built. <laughs> <laughs> And to take, to take Arsenal to the bottom of the sea. <laughs> uh, really? Oh, dear. Um, Still recovering. Uh, but there are... Then there's Alex Iwobi playing with Aaron Ramsey and Granit Xhaka. Up front is Alex Lacazette and Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Super expensive uh, new strikers that he'd bought to try and fire us to somewhere. Um and that, and uh, there's one player missing. Mesut Ozil. Ozil. Not Ozil. Not Ozil. No. Uh, it's quite interesting who's left from that from that game three and a half years ago. Holding, Xhaka, Laka and Oba. The player is, who's missing is not at the club anymore. There's no way you'll get this. I'm still going to go. I'm going to get we'll, Mesut Ozil again. We'll be, we'll be here all night. <laughs> and this is why players... Well, we signed Giroud. him. He had... Not Giroud. He had played with Oba. Perez. Oh, no. He just said he played with Oba. He played with Oba uh, at Dortmund. Oh, hey. um, Mkhitaryan. Mkhitaryan. The Mandalorian, I almost said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, good quiz, Sam. That's an yeah. quiz. What well, was Mkhitaryan's, I, what's Mkhitaryan's greatest moment in Arsenal shirt? Did he score well, against Man United? This is really painful. <laughs> is this a quiz? Is this a quiz? <laughs> this really is awful. Yeah. I, I, I do quite like the idea of um, goals, good Arsenal goals in games that we lost that you forget just because you've never watched them again. So do you remember the 6-2 at Old Trafford? And our first goal six was one. Thierry Henry. 6-1 six six or 8-2? Oh, yeah, 6-1. Henry's, Henry's goal was a good goal. Really, really good goal. So those goals that you have have just completely gone out because if it comes up on Sky at 2 o'clock in the morning, you don't watch. That's a good shout, that. Yeah. 
that was that made it one all. Yeah. 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 It was all going so well. And then it went all wrong. But then, weirdly, a year later, we went there and won one nil and did the double. So, yeah. who knows? Uh, okay, someone, uh, Sam Scott has sent me book. Yo, yo, always believe in your soul. When you've got a meal, Smith Rowe, you're indestructible. Always believe in book. Yo. Yo. Yeah. Potential. Got potential. potential. But um, I enjoyed it very much. But rocking all over the world is uh is is wonderful, isn't it? It is a good one. That yeah. is, isn't it? That's it. I'd like to add Martinelli into it. Martinelli, 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 Nelly, here we go. It doesn't quite scan. That's from Sam in Melbourne. Uh gents. It's nice to have three Isn't wins it? on the bounce. Uh, let's hope we beat Sunderland and then and then Norwich and then Wolves well, and then I Man City. I just really, really that see nice? that happens. I hope we've got. Um, I hope we stay in the top four. Uh, I did ask Orbino yesterday. Actually, I didn't get an answer. Maybe um, saying that who is the last team to be fourth on Christmas Day and win the league. Um, um, didn't get an <laughs> I, I just imagine him looking at it and laughing and chucking his phone away. Just like yeah. bother me with this nonsense. Well, <laughs> but yeah, I, we're in the top four uh, over Christmas and New Year, um, especially if the games don't happen. I that. mean, it's interesting that Tottenham are four games, have played four games less than us. We've got four in hand. Yeah. yeah. They're having so a COVID, I, I, Which crisis, initially worried me because you're thinking, oh, okay, well, but then how many games are they going to have to play very, very quickly? I mean, they're going to have to play every other day. Oh, yeah. And they've got, oh, yeah, they are. And they've got Thursday nights as well. We're lucky that we've been able to play our matches. Yeah. And win them. I just hope it's on. I mean, like having having football over this period last year was a bit of a, a, bit of a lifesaver. So, mm, really, no, absolutely. You know? Yeah. Well, the issue this time is, no, it's not about playing in empty stadiums, is it? It's about the players all having bloody COVID because a third of them aren't vaccinated or whether they all think they're going to have heart attacks or stop breathing or something. There's no evidence for any of that. But we'll see. All right, lads, happy Christmas. Cheers. Merry happy Christmas, Christmas. Mate.